Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies, ways to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is your host, Juliet Lamar. I have with me on the line Christopher Beaufe. He is the chief Operating Officer at Starcoast Robotics. Welcome, Chris. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Juliet. So, Chris, I, I love robotics, and I'm really excited to hear all about this. Can you give us an overview of Starcoast Robotics, what you guys do there, and some of the interesting things you're working on? Sure. Yes. So, um, Starcoast, uh, we have a, a mission or philosophy to uh, really create the safest, most productive, and cost-effective workforce by combining human intelligence, instinct, and judgment with robotic strength, endurance, and precision. So I, I hope that through the course of today's discussions, I can help make that tangible uh, through the course of our discussions. And we do that through three different types of robotic um, product lines that we have. Uh, our Guardian S, which is an inspection robot. Our Guardian XO, which is a full-body powered human exoskeleton. We also have a quasi-passive version of that. And then we also have uh, Guardian T, which is a, uh, a, a really large robot that can allow a person uh, tele-remotely or right in the same location, lift up to a 1,000 pounds. So so quite a lot of things to talk about. Wow. Oh, I just got, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a rare chance we get to talk to somebody who is so involved in robotics. So I guess let's start off with your favorite. Which one do you like the best? Oh, it's kind of like asking to pick uh, your favorite of your of your children. Um, the um, 
each one uh, has uh, a really uh, unique uh, strength or market opportunity. Uh, and so the one that we're really bringing uh, to market the soonest is our Guardian S. And so uh, uh, right now, we're very, very busy with that. And that is really the inspection robot. And so it's a, about a four and a half foot long robot that is able to go into spaces that are as small as seven inches in dyna- diameter. It has 360 degree cameras. It has infrared, multiple ways to communicate it, uh, everything from proprietary radio bands to Wi-Fi. And in the future, we'll also have cellular. So there's there's that robot that's coming to market. So that that's uh, very much on the mind today. The exoskeleton is really what everybody is quite excited about when they see it because people are not used to being able to see somebody wear a robot and truly have superhuman strength. And so that's in the development phase and, and we're looking to commercialize that next year. So that's quite exciting. And then um, the Guardian GT, uh, this is um, something that when someone sees it operated, so you imagine a remote operator wearing an exoskeleton and then you know, right next to or even miles away, you see the operation of this GT which has seven and a half foot long arms. It is able to lift a thousand pounds, but at the same time and being able to lift a thousand pounds can also do dexterous tasks such as operating switches, turning doorway handles, flipping open panels and turning on and off breakers. So uh, all three of them, as you can imagine, it would be hard to pick, and and it is. Let's dive a little bit deeper into Guardian GT. So the possibilities are endless for this kind of robot, whether it's uh, going into dangerous situations where humans can't go, or even exploration of of other planets, potentially. Uh, Where do you see this being used the most? I think initially some of the places that we've had uh, strong interest. Um, we've really had uh, three areas of, of strong interest, but as you mentioned, the areas are infinite. The one being the construction industry. So construction industry is routinely moving heavy equipment. Uh, there are many times some dexterous capability while they're doing that, and so construction is one big area for it. Another one is the nuclear industry. The nuclear industry today uh, has, um, there are numerous facilities around the world being decommissioned. Of course, we've had Fukushima. All of these sorts of environments create an opportunity for a, a tele-operated uh, robot to be able to assist the human operators while keeping them out of harm's way. And so those are two big areas. And then the third one is really in the public safety area. Things here could be like, as an example, in explosive ordnance disposal. Uh, unfortunately, the world we live in today isn't as always as safe as we'd like it to be. And the ability to be removed Remote, uh, dismantle a bomb or explore something that might have a bomb in it uh, with that sort of strength is also a, a, another area. So those are three areas, but as you mentioned, the areas are true. What is the size? Like speaking about the GT Guardian again, paint us a picture of what this robot kind of looks like. Sure. Um, we have pictures and videos uh, on our sarcos.com website, uh, but this robot is um, it, it's on a, a base. So imagine a tracked base. The current base happens to weigh around 4,000 pounds, but we can change the size of that base uh, depending on what a customer wants. The part that we really do is we add robotic arm to that um, chassis. And these robotic arms are seven and a half feet long. Uh, they articulate the same way that your arm. It has a vision uh, system on top of it. And we have designed this robot to be kinematically equivalent to the human body. So what do I mean by that? I mean that the distance, as an example, between the stereo camera 
and, quote, the shoulders of the robot and the arms and the hands of the robot are equivalent to us as a human. So when you step inside of the operating exoskeleton and you put the vision camera on, you just look and feel like a bigger version of yourself. So as you move your arm, it moves the same way that you would expect it to do. And so it makes it extremely intuitive to operate. And um, so uh, imagine yourself being able to uh, tele-remove yourself from harm's way and then be able to operate, but now with hum- superhuman strength. And that's that's what this robot allows you to do. And that's what you see when this operates. You see it really move as smooth, human, the same dexterous task, the same intuitive operation that you would have as if you were doing it yourself, but you were seven foot, you had seven and a half foot long arms and the ability to lift 500 pounds with each arm or a thousand pounds in total. This really is, is reminding me of Iron Man. We, we, we get that a lot. Uh, and, and we often joke and say, um, that, you know, we're, we're not flying and we're not doing some of what you see in Hollywood yet. But when somebody does deliver the arc reactor, then we're in a good place to be able to do exactly that. But it really does have the capabilities of being able to really increase the strength the endurance and the precision of the human operator. And that's whether we're talking about the XO, which is the smaller version that you wear on yourself, or the GT, which is uh, is the larger um, version that is able to do up to 1,000 pounds. So when you're operating the Guardian GT, is it is that connected to your arms and your body, or is it more of a joystick kind of thing? No, it's connected to your. So um, the uh, envision a a separate exoskeleton. And when I talk about an exoskeleton, um, actually a good example is actually uh, modeled after our robot is uh, the Tom Cruise movie um, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, so imagine something that looks like the upper body from that movie. That's the exoskeleton. You step inside of that uh, and then basically grab the handles and then as you move those handles the arms follow you appropriately within that handle then also you have the control for being able to operate the hands of the DT and and so we've we have a, an intuitive uh, control system that basically allows you to open the hand grasp uh, grasp objects manipulate objects the same as if you were there and then you're wearing in effect a set of stereo goggles and those stereo goggles are allowed you to see what the robot is seeing at that time. And so that is um, what it looks like when you're operating is in effect you're stepping inside an exoskeleton, you're wearing stereo vision goggles so that you see and then manipulate what the robot is uh, able to, you know, reach and operate uh, in its environment. Uh, really amazing technology. This, this is mind-blowing in so many wonderful ways. What is your mission? So um, our mission is really two key things. Um, we really want to continue to remove people from harm's way and reduce. And so a often communicated statistic is that um, back injury in the United States is the second uh, largest reason for employee absenteeism after the common cold. The U.S. spends uh, $100 billion or more a year on back injury. Um, and those are caused many times um, by people operating within their workspace and lifting loads on a regular basis or repeated basis or sometimes more than they should be lifting. And so we want to be able to eliminate that. That's one key thing. The other thing, too, is to make sure that um, we create large enough markets that this is economic and can be deployed 
deployed in multiple industries and we can benefit from that cost savings so that it can be deployed in many places and truly address this problem, uh, both in the United States but globally. The other piece that comes up um, within this quite often is if you look at the world, we have many aging populations in the world today. And so the workforce, as it gets older, we really want to think about two key things, which is how do you extend the useful life uh, age of the workforce so that they can continue to be productive as the workforce ages, but also how do we create more opportunities for the entire workforce so that uh, someone who maybe is, you know, petite, maybe only weighs 100 pounds, can do the same types of tasks of someone who maybe is quite strong and 250 pounds. And so all of that fits into our vision and what we're trying to accomplish through these robots. It really is a mind over body future. You know, it's not going to matter anymore what you look like or, or your physical attributes. It's going to all be what, what your imagination can create and how you can then export that through robotics, through technologies to create products and realities. It's incredible. It's uh, very, very well said. And, and, and what we are hoping to accomplish, it's really what the mind can accomplish. We're helping augment that human so that they can do the tasks, uh, whether it's improving where they are locally or in cases like nuclear decommissioning remotely so that they can do it safely and continue to do so. Absolutely. So Sarcos has been around for over 25 years. Is that correct? Yes. Um, we uh, we were actually a spin-out from the University of Utah in 93. So we have, uh, we're kind of unique in that we're a startup with a 30-year history. Um, and obviously, we've had <laughs> lots of uh, interesting items along that path to where we are today. But yes, uh, we've been around since 1983. So give me a little bit about, a little bit about, about your personal journey, journey with robotics, robotics and these kind of technologies. Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I, I am the chief operating officer. I joined Sarcos um, in uh, September of last year, um, but my journey actually goes back uh, quite a bit further than that. Uh, I, I'm a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. Uh, I have a systems engineering degree, and I focused, uh, my area of focus for study was robotics and spacecraft design. Uh, and so that was, unfortunately, 25 years ago or more. And um, so robotics has always been a passion. Um, and uh, after the academy, uh, I was um, in the submarine force, uh, so I served for 11 years. Was with GE and had a chance to uh, work in the aviation field, where you there was a lot of computers, electronics, uh, really a lot of the foundations that allow um, robotics to be a commercial viable option today have been developing in the computer industry, the software industry, the aviation industry over the past 25 years. And then I, I also. And moving from a big company like a GT, I spent three years in the renewable energy sector where I was learning more about uh, how uh, industries develop and how do you create a new industry. And so I think all of that sort of came together to let me go back to my passion, which was robotics, and do that here with Sarcos. So that's a little bit on my own personal journey. And um, it's always hard over the phone, but uh, hopefully you can hear my passion for the subject because I think I share the same passion as every employee at Sarcos. I, I can definitely I can hear. This is this is something that's like we suggested. It's it's needed, and it's it's something that requires passion because it is a very they're very hard problems that you are overcoming. And robotics is is super cool, but the, the technology and work that goes behind it is probably not as not as fun as one would think. Um, it's um 
what's what's interesting is I think um, technically because we have been working on it, uh, we've specifically, as an example, been working on the exoskeleton now for 17 years, and it started off in um, really government research type programs, um, and we've have those, and we've been combining those with commercial programs that we've done through the years as well, and so uh, we had done. Um, as an example, the Bellagio Fountains uh, in, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Sarkos actually did those. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney, uh, we did those robots as well. Uh, the Jurassic Park ride um, uh, in Universal Studios. That's my Studios. favorite. <laughs> they're, all, they're all very cool. And so we've been able to take those. But, you know, it's it's a mix of different technologies that have, have, have gone in there. The really exciting thing that's happened today, though, is we really have had, and the XO, what we call the XO, Max, the one that a person can wear and be able to lift 200 pounds and work up to eight hours, all of those things, that probably would not have even been possible. It would have been possible technically, but not commercially with uh, all the advances that we've had and improved cost of electronic components, the availability of software engineering, all of the things that we live in today is really making it possible. And so that's, that's just what is really cool about where we are in the technology and business cycle today. Where do you feel like robotics is going? And we already have all these things that we never could imagine currently happening in our world today. You know, where, what's the next step? Um, so we, we, we try to think of where the world is heading in a couple of different ways. Um, in, you, in the press today, there's lots of uh, discuss, discussion about artificial intelligence. And I do think artificial intelligence we will continue to be more and more of. But as you start to look at where artificial intelligence interacts the physical world uh, in terms of robots, um, the things that our mind can do, just as you know, getting up in the morning, getting your coffee, getting to work, all those permutations in a computer-like environment, um, we're not quite there yet. We're quite there yet where AI could pick up all of those types of, of things. But where we see is there's, there's a period of time, uh, and this is really what Sarkos is trying to capture, where the combination of human and machine will provide much more opportunity for both the, the human and the businesses that they're serving uh, to really move ahead. And so we think this idea of, of augmenting the human performance, uh, adding the strength, the endurance, the precision, we think that's a necessary step to, you know, who knows, 40 years in the future when AI can do a lot more. And, and we really see that's as what we're doing, and we see that across all of the product lines, whether it's the Guardian S robot that is able to go, as an example, into a confined space. That keeps somebody from going into a confined space and possibly breathing bad air and getting hurt, injured, or killed. When we look at it from the XO skeleton, where people are able to be much more productive in their activities and their work. At the same time, they go home each day much more rested than they would have been had they been lifting 40 pounds all day for an eight-hour shift. And then with the GT, just the opportunity to be able to do things we wouldn't otherwise be able to do in the same level of productivity like dismantle a nuclear plant. Those are, we think, steps that are necessary on the path that we're on, and we're happy to be right in the middle of it. Where can we see these robots in action? We're a Salt Lake City-based uh, company. We also have uh, an office here, and I'm calling you from Bellevue, um, near Seattle today. Um, so they are at our facilities today, various prototype versions of those. Uh, we are commercializing the Guardian S. Uh, that is starting in the summer and into the fall. Uh, so that robot is uh, going to be commercially available this year. 
as you look out into next year, the Guardian XO, the exoskeletons, those will start to become commercially available uh, towards the end of next year, 2019. And then um, the Guardian GT is actually available today, but we do those on a, uh, we'll call it a bespoke basis. So if someone has a a challenge, whether it's a construction-based challenge, a nuclear challenge, public safety challenge. They basically contact us and say, this is a specific problem that we're trying to solve, and then we adapt that design for their need and build them a robot. So uh, that gives you a little bit of an idea of, of where you can see them and also when they will become you know, available in a broader sense. Fantastic. This is also exciting. Um, and if people want to learn more about Sarcos, your website is probably the best place to go. Uh, yes, sparkos.com. Uh, I, I, uh, 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 we have uh, information on the company, our products. We have a great uh, uh, amount of media there, so you can see pictures and videos. Uh, and uh, so all of that is available there and is a great, great resource. Absolutely. I, I can't wait till we're all walking around with these exoskeletons on, getting things done every day. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> You and us both, absolutely. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and sharing these wonderful future technologies that everyone needs to go check out. They look great. The potential is endless. So really thank you for sharing your time and knowledge. Uh, thank you. It's, it's our pleasure, and uh, it's uh, been a real pleasure talking with you and sharing this technology with the world. Absolutely. Everyone, that was Chris Buffet. He is the Chief Operating Officer at Sarcos Robotics. Their website is sarcos.com. Check it out. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse. 
such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.